Welcome back to the Bhagavad Gita in a Year podcast. We are on day 36 today. And we will start in chapter 2, verse 51. And okay. I'm Radha Priti, and I'm here with Jaitanya Charan and uh, Balaram, who's in Govardhan today. So that's extra auspicious. Hi, Krishna. Nice to be here. Let's begin. So we are coming toward the conclusion of the second chapter in terms of what Krishna speaks and after the Arjuna will ask a question. So 251. Karma Jam Buddhi Yuktahi Palam Tyakta Manishinaha Janma Bandhavinir Muktaha Padam Gachantyanamayam Translation. By thus engaging in devotional service to the Lord, great sages or devotees free themselves from the results of work in the material world. In this way, they become free from the cycle of birth and death and attain the state beyond all miseries by going back to Godhead. So, here, you could say this verse is almost like a summary verse of what has been discussed in the section till now. And so, 251, Krishna, let's see what he is exactly saying is, Karmajam Buddhi Yuktahi. So, action with intelligence. Mm -hmm. And what is the characteristic of that intelligence means? Falam tyaktva manishinaha. That one is able to, one gives up attachment to the results. Mm -hmm. So, detach from results. When somebody is functioning in this way, mm -hmm. then what will happen by this is, one will attain eventually the supreme destination. Krishna doesn't use the word specific supreme destination. He uses the word destination that is beyond misery. The destination beyond misery is what is being sought over here. So, now if we focus on this particular broad theme, what we will see is Krishna is Talking about if I'm in the world and if I'm working and the nature of the world is there will be ups and downs and we get fixated in trying to attain the ups and avoid the downs. But instead of that, if we focus on the spiritual level. The ups will come in their own way. The downs will come in their own way. We just let them come and go, but we focus on moving ourselves upwards towards the divine, towards spiritual reality. And then one will go beyond misery. So quite often here, we could say there is a distress. We can say is the the down part of the material cycle. Oh, today I'm honored, tomorrow I'm dishonored. So dishonor is painful. Today I win something, tomorrow I lose something. That losing is painful. That's true. 
<clears throat> that's one definition of distress and it is true at one level but a bigger definition of distress is being caught in the unending up down cycle so if there were existence beyond this up down why not seek it and why not relish it once once one gets it uh, it's uh, suppose somebody is alcoholic they get alcohol they feel delighted they don't have alcohol they feel agitated and i think oh every time i get more alcohol i get it i have enough money i don't have any health issues i can keep drinking okay but still it's just caught in that whole thing get out of that whole thing get out of that whole thing and so the ultimate way to go beyond distress is to get out of this up down cycle itself so another way to understand this is if we consider this to be the ocean and in the ocean there is peaceful part and maybe there is a stormy part now i may think oh i want to go from the stormy part to the peaceful part but it's better that just go beyond the ocean to the land and then whether it is stormy or whether it's peaceful either way just keep moving towards the land and that's what will be much more fruitful so to the, so when we, we are talking about detachment over here why is detachment important because these ups and downs they are two sides of the same coin we can't have the one without the other if i delight in delight in happiness then i cannot be detached in distress it'll be both so that's why it's important that we recognize that if this is what i want if i don't want the distress then i have to avoid the happiness also like somebody watches a movie and they think it's a rom-com then joy then turns out to be a horror movie oh i don't want to watch it it's the same movie either you watch it and you get through both or you stop watching it and look for something better in life so so there is a life beyond the movie and that is what we are trying to seek seek so hope this is so any reflections comments about this and it's just it's just interesting to think about you're saying you know when we think about distress in life we think about like how like when we go through tough times but what you're saying is an even more powerful definition of distress is the cycle of happiness and distress up and down better that that we're kind of removed from both of both the ups and the downs in a sense yeah, yeah. true i would say more than definition it's more like analysis or cause mm mm-hmm. okay so what is the cause of distress oh you know i am on the downside okay that's fair enough but is that the only cause now there could be much more going on that i'm caught in that it's a, that is the cause of distress so i mean we cannot really define distress for people because different people may feel distress by various things that's why i would prefer the word cause to define its definition okay it's kind of sad though to think that it, 
oh, that also means detaching from things that we perceive as really happy or joyous, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, well, detachment is not absence of emotion, we discuss it. It's more of absence of control or dominance by emotion. Mm. So if somebody is kind to us, somebody is affectionate to us, do we become detached from them? Do we become uncaring? Not necessarily. But we don't have to necessarily make that person the center of our life and the center of our world. Mm. So there can be healthy connections and there can be unhealthy fixations or obsessions. So when, when, we, when the Gita talks about being detached, it is not so much about being heartless. It is more about being clear-headed. That there are many things. It, 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 there are many things in life which are important, which can be source of fulfillment for us. But there are some things which matter far more than others. And so we make sure that, for example, if if somebody invests some money and they get some returns. Is it that they should not be artificially happy? Well, yeah, you can be happy if you got money, but and we understand that money is itself not the ultimate purpose of life, nor is the money the source of happiness. Money is like an opportunity. I've got it now. I'll use it if I can. So clear-headed in terms of, you know, it, it's what matters most. That's what we are clear-headed about. Heartless could mean uncaring. Gita is certainly not asking us to be uncaring. That's for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Any comments, Balram? Uh, that's okay, Prabhu. Thank you. Thank you. Let's move to the next verse now. What happened here? So we are on to 51 and 52, which we'll try to complete today, as if we can complete the section. So now here Krishna is going back to an earlier theme which he had said, the, the contrast between Karma Kanda and Karma Yoga. That's what he'll be emphasizing here. Yadate moha kalilam buddhirvititarishyasi tadagantasi nirvedam shrotavyasishutasya cha When your intelligence... When your intelligence has passed out of the dense forest of illusion, delusion, you shall become indifferent to all that has been heard and all that is to be heard. Yeah. Now here Krishna is using somewhat enigmatic language. Uh, what has been heard and what is to be heard? What is he referring to over here? You might feel what is to be heard? What has been heard? Well, I haven't heard anything about this. What is going on here? So... It's 252. There is the word Shruti in the Vedic context. That means that which is heard. So wisdom is often attained by hearing. Now Shruti can in general refer to oral wisdom. The wisdom that we learn from hearing. But in specific, this is more of a generic meaning. In specifics, it can refer to the Karmakanda section of the Vedas. 
So the Vedas are meant to facilitate the human journey. And because most people have material desires, so we could say the spectrum of human beings from the materialist to the spiritualist. So we could say it's a complete spectrum, but it's almost like the majority of human beings, if we have a spectrum, the majority of human beings would be over here and a minority would be over here. So majority are materially minded. The tiny minority are spiritually minded. So if the Vedas are to cater to everyone, so naturally what happens, because most people are materially minded, the Vedas themselves, major sections are having these material sections. So nine, more than 90% of Vedas, they talk about Karmakanda. Karmakanda, as we know, is the idea that we can do we can do religion and then get some virtue and we can get some wealth by that. So Krishna is talking here primarily about Arjuna may say that I have heard that oh but you can do your good work and you can go towards heaven and you can in heaven you can enjoy so many things. Krishna is saying if you understand what is the nature of spiritual perfection that which is beyond the duality of this world, then you will understand that is so great that the promises of material pleasure are, so you may have heard some promises in the past, the spiritual happiness is such a like a vast ocean that in comparison to that material pleasure based on past promises that we may have heard, or even our future promises that we might hear. Still, we understand that it's just like a tiny drop. So you will not just as when a person gets a ocean of water, then they're not attracted or distracted by drops of water. Similarly, Krishna is saying that once you attain that spiritual state, once you've gone beyond the confusions of this world, then you will not be disturbed by any promise of material pleasures. Now, interestingly, Krishna is normally, here he, that metaphor is in this forest of delusion. Most of the times we talk about the delusion affecting the mind. The mind is what gets deluded. The mind gets attracted by good, by attractive food or attractive sense objects. But here, it is the intelligence that is deluded. So intelligence is deluded by, if you go back to the earlier, flowery words. So, a child some kidnapper, some abdu potential abductor might just allure a child by giving some chocolates. Come and have this. Oh, have one more, have one more. And they take the child away from there. But direct sense objects a person can be attracted is child through chocolates, for example. 
बट समबडी हु इज एडल्ट दे मे बी गिवन ओ यू इन्वेस्ट मनी एंड यू हैव टू गेट your money within one year will become five times so lofty financial returns promises mm-hmm. so what will happen is this is not just appealing to their mind it's appealing to their intelligence it's seducing and de- uh, and deceiving their intelligence if this happens that is unhealthy so like that the vedas especially the karmakanda section of the vedas this section the karmakanda section which is over here more or less we could say this section of the vedas that doesn't just allure the senses it can allure the it allures the intelligence oh this is given a sacred book but this seems to i have to do i have to be, i have to do some good activities i have to become disciplined i have to become pious i have to give charity all those are good so once intelligence gets bewildered and then one gets lost krishna is saying therefore uh, that just because something sounds religious doesn't necessarily mean it will be the best for you so when you go beyond this forest of illusion which thinks that um, a better life comes from better material things if only have uh more um, big, this can apply not just to the vedas but can apply to our world also if i have a bigger house a more attractive spouse if i have a faster car if i have a smarter phone that's one way of looking at it but the other is a better life comes from a better consciousness a consciousness that is focused on spiritual realities not on transient material things eternal spiritual truths so once you understand this krishna is saying then you will not be captivated or deceived by worldly worldly things and the promises of worldly things so that's the significance of this particular verse any refle- reflections this seems like these verses the the past couple we've talked about are a lot about like broadening your perspective like zooming out like the the first one being like not to get too attached or controlled by your emotions either good or bad even though you may experience them in the moment you want to have broader perspective knowing that 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 that's not really the important thing to focus on and then the same thing here it seems like that like the goal of life is not to acquire more better material things that's like a it's that's almost it's it's what the vedas is is maybe uh tailoring tailored to but it's mm-hmm. not what we're what we're saying here what krishna is saying here is that that's not the highest the highest is to zoom out broaden your perspective and know that focusing on eternal spiritual truths is is really where the deepest fulfillment lies right is like you know, the biggest the biggest section and the best section are not necessarily mm-hmm. the same thing if there is a if there's a library maybe the best books are the classics but maybe the biggest section might be of some sports or politics or some some romance or something like that so like that the biggest section is the 
Karmakanda section. Yes, in a just like a bookstore, it will be the best section. However, is the section on transcendence on yoga, which ultimately will culminate in bhakti yoga. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that a little later. Yoga here doesn't mean yoga practices, but it's more of spiritual connection. How to not just improve your materially, but how to grow spiritually. And that is a and yeah. You said the Vedas is the biggest section is Karmakanda because that relates to the most people, the majority of the people. Yes, exactly, exactly. Hmm. Shall I go to the last verse? Sure. I just could I could I give one yeah, more question? Sure. Please, please. I I was surprised. This forced delusion is very strong, and I was thinking how so often. Um, we may consider that like spiritual realization is some high thing that i'm on common i'm i'm on the real world and everything is very sane and normal here and that i'm looking for something even higher than that hmm. this versus actually maybe i'm in the forest of delusion and uh this very high level that it describes is what's actually rational <laughs> yes now what is rational so is it something which makes material sense or is it makes overall sense so for example nowadays most of science has largely gravitated towards atheist atheism Although science itself not atheistic, but then what happens is science will say that you know this apple fell because of this reason, this wave came because of this reason, this temperature is dropping because of this. So everything has a reason. But then, sorry, all things in the universe have a reason, but the universe itself does not have a reason. So it's like we have islands of meaning. within an ocean of meaninglessness so rationality as defined by modern science wow. is about uh, so scientific rationality it is so focused on making material sense of things that overall sense is lost mm-hmm. so things make sense or we we presume that things make sense things in the sense of how things function in the world things function functionality material things functionality makes things but the universe there's no sense to it so that is not a holistic rationality so but the what the spirituality offers us is the science will help us to make material sense spirituality will help us to make overall sense what is the purpose of existence how does this existence move forward and by that gradually we learn towards then within that we can have science we can have mechanisms but we need to first make overall sense and we need to have the big picture as radhe was mentioned that you know zoom out okay good comment so krishna echoes the same theme now in the last verse श्रुतिपन्ना 
Translation, when your mind is no longer disturbed by the flowery language of the Vedas, and when it remains fixed on the trance of self-realization, then you will obtain the divine consciousness. So, here now comes the yoga, the third definition. At that time you will attain yoga. So, here yoga is talking about as an undisturbed consciousness. So here, undisturbed consciousness means not just the mind is undisturbed, but also the intelligence is undisturbed. Achala buddhis. So chala is, is restless. And Krishna will, in the sixth chapter, talk about how the mind often is restless. But here, it is talking about going beyond the restlessness. The mind is disturbed and the intelligence is disturbed. So this is the state of yoga. And not only yoga, but Krishna also used another word over here, samadhi. So even yoga is multi-stage and samadha vachala buddhi. Samadhi is the highest state of yoga. So, when one is completely undisturbed by material things, so at that time one is said to have attained spiritual perfection. So, it's uh, the ups and downs are there, but when one's consciousness has risen sufficiently up, upward, so we observe the ups and downs, so the path that takes our consciousness above the material dualities, is the path of yoga. And in this path of yoga, we could say this stage is the stage of samadhi where one is beyond the material dualities. So there are disturbances in the world, but the person is undisturbed. And now this verse will lead to Arjuna asking the question, next next verse, okay, what are the characteristics of the undisturbed person? And that we will discuss in our next session. Should I summarize? Are there any comments, reflections? Thank you. So, we discussed three verses today. The 51st verse was about mm, going beyond distress in our niramayam and that we discussed that doesn't just mean avoiding the downside avoiding downs but it is avoiding the cycle itself avoiding downs is good but it's avoiding this getting out of the cycle that that is the real way to go beyond distress in this world it's like from instead of trying to go to the comfortable part of the ocean get out of the ocean itself to the land. And then 52 and 53 were basically both about how that point that yoga section is greater than the karmakanda section. That here in 52nd verse the point was about How when we function, we need to look at 
there are promises material promises we we uh, even our intelligence is not deluded and then when we are not deluded that way that is the stage of yoga or specifically of yoga samadhi where one stays above duality completely enriched within by one's spiritual realization thank you thank you thank you hare krishna jai thank you so much